Hello and welcome to another edition of Podcast from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. This podcast is available on the Financial Mail website and on the Apple and Spotify podcast platforms. For about two years now, Trade and Industry and Competition Minister Ibrahim Patel, with President Sol Ramaphosa's full support, has been hammering and banging away at the South African steel industry in an effort to shape it to his will. You can't export scrap anymore because local smelters he is using the Industrial Development Corporation to fund into life must have feedstock, as must the former large RDC subsidiary Score Metals. You also can't import steel without paying hefty import duties. At one stage, um, 18% on hot roll coal, which is about as basic a, a raw material as you can get. This is to protect the country's only primary producer of steel, ArcelorMittal South Africa, which is part of a huge Indian-owned um, uh, multinational. But for almost a year, AMSA, AMSA made no steel at all because of COVID, sending prices rocketing and obviously creating huge backlogs in supply when the economy began to pick up again towards the end of last year. How all this ends is anyone's guess. Certainly, Minister Patel's efforts at promoting greater localization can't be said yet to have much made much of a dent in our unemployment numbers. But I thought it would be interesting to speak to somebody downstream from the smelting or the making of steel, someone slightly out of that picture, so to speak, and I found the perfect person. His name is Ludovico Sanchez, and he is Managing Director of Dufoco Steel Processing. It's an Italian-owned operation. It's a big mill in Saldana. Saldana was once a sensible place to do this. AMSA's most modern plant is a few kilometers away, and the huge Sishan iron ore mine is straight 400-kilometer railway line away. What could be better? Except that AMSA has closed down the plant altogether, and Ludovico Sanchez suddenly has to fight for his raw material, hot roll steel coil. AMSA is, not, is no longer his supplier uh, and has so much market power anyway that from making steel, no steel at all for eight months last year, is now recording record profits. Half year earnings to the end of June were 3.2 billion. And compared with the loss last year of 1.25 billion for the same period. And Ludovica, I just wanted to, one, thank you for joining me today and quote you back something that you were saying last year, I think, was you were talking about the South Africa stands on the brink uh, of losing an important part of the steel chain, steel value chain, responsible for beneficiating the hot roll coal product produced by the primary producer, ArcelorMittal South Africa. And as I understand it, you no longer uh, have anything to do with ArcelorMittal South Africa. You've changed the focus of your company. Is that because um, of the expense of dealing with AMSA? Uh, yes, it's, it's true what you said. Uh, until 2020, we were buying our raw material from uh, AMSA at the condition that we were regulated by a three years contract starting in 2017. Uh, before the expire of the contract, we tried to extend the contract uh, at the same condition or likely different condition, but uh, we couldn't achieve any deal. Uh, the result uh, is that from uh, middle 2020, we are not buying any material from AMSA. All our needs are imported from different countries, Ukraine, Russia, China, Korea, 
Taiwan, UK. Uh, the consequence of this is that we, we were obliged to go out of our domestic market uh, because we are selling into the local market, paying the protection that the government granted to AMSA of 18% until August of 2021 and 10% from August and forward will be absolutely um, and not uh, sustainable for the ferro-steel processing that should compete with, uh, uh, with the primary industry um, at uh, paying 10% additional raw material. And raw material is a big part of our cost. Then the result is that our, the, the FERCO new strategy of sales is to import 100% of our needs from, the, from uh, abroad, manufacture in, in South Africa, and sell again into the export market. And presumably, you were a, a, a big player in, in your market in South Africa when you were operating domestically. Uh, we had something like, like a 25-30% of market share. So with you out of the local market, um, that's a significant um, departure because you would have had a pretty large share of the market that you were selling into, flat products, roof sheeting, I presume, or um, coated sheets. Um, so what in effect has happened is that your departure from the market because of what you say were intolerable conditions um, has decreased the amount of competition in the South African market rather than improved it. I think that the more than for 2020, uh, that uh, we were out of domestic market, AMSA was the only supplier, then started to accumulate. Uh, we know very well that downstream was complaining about the missing of, uh, of um, their raw material that is galvanizing and coated product from AMSA. Now, for which reason, uh, I have no idea, but this is a fact that missing uh, the FERCO as a supplier all the market was suffering some delay and some losses. Uh, um, what I heard that actually uh, this was a more or less a recover, uh, but uh, I think that now is still AMSA the only supplier, and you know very well that when there is only one supplier, a customer normally, uh, they are obliged to pay what the only supplier wants. There is no possibility of any negotiation from their side, because they don't have any other alternative. And this is the reason that we discuss about the possible big problem that downstream industry will face, because with only one supplier, margin of negotiation to have more sustainable conditions are very difficult. You've been at the forefront of um, sort of activism uh, for the steel in the steel industry, you held recently an industry roundtable on the future of steel, which you're still worried about. You were saying last year that uh, you know that uh, bureaucratic red tape and anti-competitive practices are driving the local steel industry into the ground. What hope of economic recovery if we are at the mercy of a single supplier? And AMSA sits in the middle of this um, industry. It's not a very efficient producer. It is an expensive producer. Um, 
Do, in your view, if there were no AMSA in South Africa, if there was no primary producer of steel, would the country be significantly, in any way, industrially damaged by that? But we don't able to make any assumption. We can only see what is happening in other countries. Not all the countries that produce steel in the downstream industry, they have a primary industry. There is a fantastic country with a huge GDP a yearly basis that is, let's say, invading of steel a lot of country in Far East, and not only in Far East, but they go to Europe, is Vietnam. Vietnam, they don't have any, any primary industry. They import material, they manufacture, they export again. Uh, let's see the FERCO. The FERCO today is or, or more than one year that is working without a primary industry into the country. Uh, thanks to the favorable condition of the export market, we are still sustainable, uh, even if we were obliged to retrench people because we were obliged to cancel a product line that is uncoded product that are not so sustainable into the international market. Then uh, we are talking about uh, a local consumption of probably three, four million tons of total steel. And, uh, and uh, we know that this kind of volume is very on the limit to make AMSA sustainable. Uh, now, it's an inefficient plant, but everybody knows that AMSA Vandevel Park for flat product is a plant that uh, was installed in the year 70 and uh, doesn't look that all the revamping in terms of uh, of investment, uh, CAPEX investment, was uh, realized from AMSA. Uh, they promised to put into the system billion, I think 4.5 billion rent uh, when they, when government granted them protection. But uh, <laughs> I don't know the detail, but I don't think that not even 50% of this money was spent to make primary industry more competitive. And then, uh, where are these plans? What, uh, uh, I know that is a long story, but what surprised me is uh, that uh, a modern plant like Saldana, that was built from Greenfield 22 years ago, was uh, shutting down. And this means that all ESCOR investment, because in 1999, when Saldana Steel Startup was still ESCOR, AIMDC made such a big mistake to create a plant that couldn't work. So um, what I'm trying to understand, though, is, is you're able to operate without um, a, a primary steel maker. Uh, you buy your steel on the high seas, wherever it is, there's lots of, how difficult is that? How difficult is it for you to get product? You need hot roll coil to to roll. How hard is that? Uh, but but, but uh, Peter, because we buy normally big quantity of hot roll coil every time that we need to import the material, because uh, we import normally between twenty five and forty thousand tons in one vessel, uh, and bigger. 
is a, a trading uh, uh, company in uh, uh, installing uh, in Switzerland. Uh, they have a very good relationship with uh, many, many primary industry everywhere in the world. We don't have any difficult to, to get the material that we need. Uh, and, um, let's say, uh, to support uh, this, uh, we, we can see what are our, our results in, 2000, in uh, 2021. We are working, except from one line product that uh, obliges us to retrench 50 people, we are working in a sustainable way. Uh, probably we will make even some profit this, this year. We can still face 2022 in a sustainable way, continuously with our uh, model. Uh, our model is import 100%, get rid of the price of AMSA, export again. The only problem that uh, uh, these, uh, yes, uh, thanks God, give some job into, to the area, but uh, we cannot supply local market and then downstream industry will suffer. This is for sure. And so what What the rest of the industry, because you've, you've had, you, you had your, you, you had your um, steel industry meeting, your circle, and there was a wide discussion about whether South Africa needed a primary producer. You are a good example of a, of a, of a steel um, beneficiator um, who doesn't need a local primary producer because you can buy, as you say, through um, trading houses or, um, uh, you know, you can buy internationally. Um, what would be the strategic reason, do you think, for the government wanting to keep AMSA standing, for protecting it the way that it does, um, and for, for protecting steel making, basic steel making, as a going industry in South Africa, rather than looking after perhaps the fabricators or the people who add value to the steel? Uh, Peter, um, this is, uh, honestly, if I must give you my opinion, I say that this is a very archaic way to view a steel industry. Because uh, after the Second World War, steel industry was very important to have a primary industry in the country, because in case of war, in case of problem, in case of losing trading, uh, the country could still produce a steel and make uh, all the steel industry a longer and flat product continuously to operating. But this was valid uh, probably till the year 60, maybe year 70. Today, I don't think this model can, can uh, work anymore. Now, primary industry need to be competitive, need to be uh, always uh, um, in a condition to supply economically the steel in the country. To get that is necessary to utilize all the, the facility at 80-85%, even higher if it's possible, because it's a big investment plant. Now, look South Africa. Which hope South Africa has, or AMSA has, to utilize really at, every, at this capacity, the plant? Very little, because it's a, it's a, a problem that uh, South African uh, steel consumption is not very high, especially today that we have 35% unemployment, expansion in goods and consumption, 
I don't see uh, very well, honestly. Uh, export in southern country, we must face the competition with the other country that can import without uh, any duty and then at a price much lower than what AMSA sells. Then the raw material from this downstream industry will be much more economical outside of South Africa than in South Africa. Then which hope we have to increase our export. Then at the end of the story, consumption utilization of AMSA will be always low. What is the, the reason to insist on having a primary industry in South Africa? I have no idea. But you've, you've listened to the arguments, I'm sure. The, um, there's a, there's a, a strange sort of romanticism, I suppose, um, or people get emotional about not being able to make your own steel. Certainly, it, as you say, it's a very 1960s um, point of view. Um, I know that uh, South African steel capacity and steel making capacity is roughly um, the same as the UK's at the moment, and and which is extraordinary given you know because it's a measure of how how quickly the UK has dropped primary steel making. I think there's one 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 perhaps two steel plants left in that country because they're able to buy wherever they want to and focus rather on value you know doing something that adds value to the steel rather than making the steel itself, which can be done very cheaply, um, as you're finding out um, elsewhere, in, elsewhere in the world. What's, what, what is your... Uh, does Deferco see itself as a long-term investor in South Africa still? I mean, you've changed your business model. Um, you've got a good modern plant. You're employing or you're providing jobs or an income or security to around 1,000 people. Um, uh, do you know? Do you see South Africa as a long-term proposition? Being out of a local market that is, in any case, a, a, an excellent market, uh, I think that we we are facing a very good period now because uh, steel uh, is very expensive. They give a profit to everybody. I think that even AMSA, despite uh, the way how handle the plant are making money. I don't know if we will make investment with this money, but for sure they are making a lot of money. And then the steel industry is in a very favorable moment. Uh, we don't foresee any drop or big drop in 2022. Then medium term, I see the situation still very stable without any problem. Of course, uh, we know that's a, a drop, drop. You're talking about a drop in price. Uh, a drop in terms of uh, volume needs and, uh, and the sustainability. Okay. Then uh, I don't. Now, the problem is that we know steel industry normally has a, a nice wave and drop. Uh, then it will be a period early or later when it uh, will be very difficult to handle it to, it to keep the business sustainable. For this reason, that normally all the, the downstream industry, but even primary industry, try to keep market a bit everywhere, exporting in the local market, and then, of course, uh, divert the effort on one side or another side according to the convenience of the market. Uh, this will not be the case for the work because now we are only exporting and we will only export for a long, long time uh, because we can't think to be 
competitive into the local market of paying a penalty of 10% import duty. And it will be very difficult to think that AMSA will, uh, will go in any deal with us to supply material like they did in 2020. Before you made your decision to change the business model and to concentrate on exports, were you able to talk to the government about your about your frustrations? Yes, we talked with the government about this frustration. We gave as well, uh, uh, we made an application as well to get a rebate of duty to continue to operate into the local market. Uh, but this uh, this request, this application, stay is more than one year. That is. Uh, in uh, ITEC DTIC office, uh, and we are still waiting. No one told us that the, the rebate, uh, the, our request is rejected, but uh, no one told us if we will be one day accepted, because a grant rebate to the FERCO will, allows to, uh, will allow us to open the local market with imported material at international price. Just help, just help me, just as a layman, what is it that you make that was your biggest selling product in South Africa? Who, who were your customers and what were they doing with it? We, our, our biggest product is uh, auto dip galvanizing in, uh, in, um, in coil, uh, sheet. Uh, our customer normally are service center, uh, can be roofing, uh, roofing uh, market, uh, can be uh, construction, uh, profiling. Then there are a lot of goods that require these uh, these uh, hot deep galvanizing uh, uh, coils. And so it, you, you, I'm just trying to get this right because it's, it's, it sounds so um, it sounds so unreal. Although I shouldn't be surprised, I suppose. You you, you approached ITAC, which is the um, which is the DTIC agency, which is allegedly independent of sort of political persuasion, but probably isn't. Um, you applied for a rebate, right? And they didn't ever answer you. We are still waiting. We don't know really what is our position or where is our application and what was the decision about this application, this request. And if you got back, if, if you got back, if you got a rebate, would you sell again into the local market? Immediately. Not only that, but we can most probably recruit uh, at least uh, the 50 people that we lost uh, last year with our retrenchment process. Uh, I'm sure that uh, at least 100, 120 truck drivers could be uh, occupied going up and down from the West Coast to Hauteng, transferring goods that uh, the FERCO can, is able to produce and to sell in Hauteng. Then I, I, I roughly think that at least additional 200, 250 people will get the job. I'm going to stop this interview there, Ludovica, and thank you very much for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. And I think what you've told me today is worth some people sitting down and giving some thought one to answering your query about a rebate <laughs> but just thinking about you know how much damage is being done to the steel industry by poor policy and by not paying attention to the companies and the assets that we already have operating in the country 
I know that you're very busy and you're very active in the steel industry and thank you for doing that. Thank you very much though again for talking to me and I hope Deferco stays in this country for a long time and, and uh, I hope I can come and see your mill one day. I love, uh, I love steel mills and heavy, heavy equipment. And thank you for listening in too to people who are he- hearing the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next week uh, again with an interesting guest on an interesting topic. Thanks very much for joining us. Stay well, keep safe, keep your distance, wear a mask, all that. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.